It's four in the morning, Midway Airport. The volunteers of Honor Flight Chicago are already here, hard at work. Top of the morning, lad. Hey, how are Good you? to see oh, you again. How are you? Same here. It's great to be wheels up once more, huh? Oh, yeah. The vets are arriving for their day of honor and thanks. How are you doing? I'm barely. <laughs> Welcome to Honor Flight. Uh, thank you. So good to see you. May I have your last name? White's Mantle. Okay, Richard. You're on a red camp today. You're going to be in red all day. Red, red. We're on the purple bus together. Yeah. So we're going to have a blast. All right. Purple is in. Yeah, I love Purple it. Purple is in. I love it. Where did you come in from, Sarge? Dalton, Illinois. Okay, good. Well, thanks for your service. We're going to kick some butt today. My man. I like All right, that. Thank you. I like that. Help me with your last name again. Janice. J-A-N-U-S-C-A. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you. And we're glad it's your turn to be uh, here. No, finally. it's fun. Get in line. Get in line, buddy. <laughs> Sign in and line up. A military remembrance never forgotten. There are shirts to change into, and lanyards to be worn, and pictures to be taken. All right, big smile for me this time. There we go. Thank you very much. This day has been a long time in coming, for it's been 22 months since the pandemic altered our lives and brought a full stop to the Honor Flight schedule. For those who've waited so long and worked so hard for this day, it is a cause for celebration. Good morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Honor Flight Chicago. Uh, it feels damn good to say that. I'm John Patak, president of Honor Flight Chicago, and I want to thank you all for being here with us, uh, here with us today. This is a special flight. It's the uh, start of our 13th season. It's our 96th flight. And it's the first uh, nationwide honor flight to take off since uh, the resumption of the, the flight ban. So we, uh, we couldn't be more excited. There are 112 senior war heroes on this flight, three who served in World War II, 33 who served during the Korean War, and 76 Vietnam vets. Hi, John. Hi. How are you? Welcome to Honor Flight Chicago. My name is Liz Cook. I'm going to be your bus captain today. Okay, Liz. I'm nice really, to meet you. You as well. You as well. I'm super excited to, to spend the day with you today. Where are you coming from? Uh, Lansing, Illinois. Lansing. There you go. Yeah. I like it. Now, you are Vietnam. Vietnam, right. And you are Army. Army. Oh, and you're a sergeant, I see. Yeah, I was. A well, long time ago. Well, I'm looking so forward. I didn't make captain, like you. You, you know, didn't make captain? Like you. You're the captain. I, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's right. I'm really looking forward to spending okay. the day with you today. Okay. And hearing some stories, I hope. Okay. Everyone on this trip has a story, like 95-year-old Bill Buckler, who was on Okinawa, 1945. Though the war had ended, some of the Japanese on the island hadn't received word or didn't believe that their country had surrendered. All I know is the Japs had the damn place in mind. And I was always worried I'll be blown up. Well, it was, the Japanese were still in caves then, were they? Oh, not? yeah. That's all when I got there. That's all I heard all day long, they were blowing up the caves. So you were in danger because you didn't know what was going to blow up. That's right. I was sleeping in a tent, and I slept, was sleeping against the 
the uh, the cloth. I said, I hope nobody don't come back and stick a knife in my back. <laughs> that didn't happen. That's no, good. no, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you're here. I hope you enjoy this day. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Mary Lou Devances is Bill's daughter and his guardian on this Honor Flight Chicago. Your dad didn't speak much about this experience at all to you, did he? No, no. The only thing he did is he would, we had a smaller house, so he would sleep on the couch. We were watching TV, you know, and he would have his head propped up against the, the couch. We we're like, Dad, you can't. He's like, oh, this is how I slept in, in, the, you know, in the Army or whatever. So that's all. That's all we knew. When did, you, when did you find out what your dad went through? The past five years. My mom passed away, and all of a sudden it, it just opened up. Really? Mm -hmm. He needed somebody to talk to about that. I don't. Maybe I don't know. It was just he just the past five years, and that's all he's talked about. So he saw a lot of bad stuff. He did, right? No, no actual fighting, obviously, because that was that was done. But um, like one of his stories, he says he was looking down a well, like a water well, and there was a Japanese soldier down there dead, and then he was walking on the or driving on the road, and there was like an American soldier. And, he, and to this day, he wonders if his parents found out. Well, the message didn't get passed on to the people who were fighting in the field that the war was over. Right, And right. so your dad is witness to all that. And he's got, he actually has at home some, some not, not propaganda, but they were dropping, telling them that they sur you should surrender. He has, it's in Japanese, these flyers that they were dropping from the planes. So, yeah. But they didn't get the message, or maybe if they, they got it, they thought it was propaganda, the, and prop so they yes, didn't, didn't exactly. want to. Exactly. They were hidden in the caves, too. You know, so they, I wouldn't, right? They didn't know to come out. So they would take some, um, the Japanese soldiers that they had prisoners, and then they would yell into the cave, I guess. So you're the daughter, and you realize much later in his life and yours that he went through all this awful stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of a, it's, an, it's a real wake-up call, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yeah. And, and, the, and the kids, my kids, the grandkids are all, we're starting to write down, you know, what he's telling us. And, yeah, so it's, yeah, it is. It was, it was like, wow. I'd, we knew, like, this, some 4th of July, he would just jump. And yeah, now you know why. Now we know why, yeah. Curtis Bentley grew up on a farm in segregated Georgia. He enlisted in the Navy in 1944 and became part of the Messman Steward branch of the Navy, making sure that all mouths on the war front were properly fed. I worked in the Messman Hall. I was in charge of the, of the, the guy that cleaned up and served on the line. Okay. I was, uh, I was in charge of my 12 people, you know. Curtis Bentley, how old are you? Oh, that's about 98 years old, that's all. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. What are you looking forward to today? I'm looking to see a whole lot, and I'm enjoying being here with the day. Have you ever been to the memorial in Washington, D.C.? No, I've never been there before. But I'm hoping to see it today, though. You will. The average age of our vets on this flight is 79. Mobility, for some, is a challenge. So, too, will be endurance. 
For as our Southwest Airlines charter rolls down the runway, most are already six hours into what will be a very long day. Again, thank you so much for flying Southwest Airlines today. Enjoy your day. Thank you again for your service. And we're off. Get up there, baby. There is time on board to imagine what the day will bring and time to think back on experiences of the past. Some funny, some very painful. Some to be told, others not to be shared. Joe Palmasano, a first-generation Italian-American known by family and friends as Papa Joe, chooses not to discuss what he went through in Vietnam, but it clearly influenced how he sees the big picture. There's people that watch TV and there's war movies. They don't understand what really goes on and what the human being goes through when they're involved in a situation like that. Uh, and I, I just... Uh, I, I refuse to accept any conditions that will lead to a, to another war where it will take some of the young men away from us. A lot of young men lost their lives, but a lot of young men came back with PTSD, all kinds of things like that that they lived with, with an Agent Orange. I was involved with Agent Orange, and I got kidney and, uh, and pancreas problems and associated with that, uh, and uh, that is the price that we're still paying. And after so many years, a lot of our young men are still paying. And I, and I think we should really think twice about going to war again. Let me ask you about this day. You were on the wait. You signed up for this three years ago. Well, believe it or not, it was, uh, it was encouraged from all my four kids. I have four kids, two boys and two girls. And they, uh, and through their customers, they encouraged me to, uh, Dad, why don't you sign up? So it's a good experience. And uh, I just, uh, I didn't want to get into the situation when I, I needed to start talking about the past and, and the experience that I had. That's something that it is private and it's, it's going to stay that way, you know? You guard that, right? Yeah. So, uh, but I said, but. It's, it's the appreciation that the government uh, has for the, for the veterans, and you should try. So I did that. Do you, do you feel like you never were thanked for your service? I was never. I, when I came back, I went back to work, directly to work. No thank you, no uh, welcome home or nothing. Um, but... Uh, you know, look at the look at the other war too. I mean, my father was in World War Two. He never was never thanked for. He was stabbed several times with a bayonet, you know, and it was he was never thanked for the the things that he did for his country. And that is not right. That's not right. Well, today is a thank you of sorts. Yes, it is. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Good. I hope that your day goes wonderfully. I'm sure it will. Thank you. We arrive at Dulles International. Five buses and a police escort await. 
the first, an airport welcome. As the vets deplane, they are greeted with cheers from people who so respect and admire these senior war heroes and the honor flight mission that many of them think nothing of driving many miles to be part of this. It's energy, it's inspiring, an endless wave of thank yous that come not just from honor flight volunteers, but also from total strangers who will shake a hand and say, thank you for your service, or welcome home. Hey, they were playing your song, yeah. Anchors Away. Oui, yeah. <laughs> And we're off. Our five bus caravan takes us to the Marine Corps War Memorial. At 78 feet tall, it is the largest bronze statue in the world. Depicting the Marine flag raising over Iwo Jima's Mount Suribachi, the 100-ton statue is meant to honor all Marines who've died in service to their country dating back to 1775. On its base, a quote from Admiral Chester Nimitz, who said of the Marines who took Iwo after suffering great losses, uncommon valor was a common virtue. Marine Corps Corporal Edward Rios, who served in Vietnam 52 years ago, sees this as a place of reverence. When you look at this, what do you see? What do you feel? I feel uh, proud. You know, it's an awesome uh, uh, statue. This is basically what the Marine Corps is, and I love it. It has begun to rain, but no one departs. We are about to watch a performance by the Marine Silent Drill Platoon. The 24 Marines you see marching out here today have trained over a thousand hours to put on a show for you all, all right? That includes solid drill selection, traveling to Yuma, and traveling the world to perform the exact same exhibition that you are going to see today. So without further ado, may I introduce the United States Marine Corps, Silent Drill Platoon. Hoorah! Hoorah! They are a human machine. There is no margin for error when you're flipping a 10-pound M1 rifle with fixed bayonet in the air. Even in the falling rain, they don't miss a beat. Lance Corporal Hugh Seaton is one of the 24 young men selected for the silent drill platoon. We have a silent drill selection school, and generally from there we're drilling from 6 until about 4 in the afternoon. And then after that, we have our spring training in Yuma, Arizona. And we'll get up at 04 and we'll be drilling until 6 to 8 at night. So overall, maybe 1,000 hours, I hear? Around there, most likely, sir. The Marine Corps War Memorial sits adjacent to Arlington National Cemetery. Honor Flight's Blaine Amthor offers some insight. Arlington Cemetery is about 624 acres, and there's currently over 400,000 graves in the cemetery, and it's kind of easy to think of the cemetery as being kind of a quiet place, but it's actually a very busy place because they hold up to 30 funerals per day. 
so as we are taking a turn here, we'll be approaching our next stop, the World War II Memorial. Uh, this memorial honors the 16 million who served in World War II and the 400,000 Americans who gave their lives. Also the millions who supported the war. Honor Flight Chicago's mission of honoring our vets began 13 years ago with a focus on thanking those who served and sacrificed in World War II. It has since been broadened to include the men and women who served during Korea and Vietnam. But the hallmark stop for today's visit is the same as it was in 2008, the National World War II Memorial. It is here that our vets, 112 of them on this day, will line up, some standing, some sitting, for the presentation of colors, the singing of the national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light and the playing of taps. It is a solemn moment, a recognition of sacrifice that all gave some and some gave all. It is also the simple thank you that many of the vets who served never received. Some of the 33 Korean War vets on this trip served on the cold Korean peninsula. Others did their service stateside. Their memorial, currently under renovation, depicts a platoon on patrol. 19 larger-than-life statues walking the rugged Korean terrain. A granite wall bears the simple message, freedom is not free. And a nearby plaque is inscribed, our nation honors her sons and daughters who answered the call to defend a country they never knew and a people they never met. A short distance away is the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, with over 58,000 names of those lost etched into black granite. witness a vet searching for and finding the name of a friend killed in action long ago. He stands quietly, then bursts into tears. This is a highly emotional place, for so many vets lost friends and then were met with disdain when they came home. Purple Heart Army Sergeant Jerry Warren. I had a real bad experience when I came home. When I came home, uh, they was protesting the war in Vietnam. They looked at the veterans as baby killers. 
uh, I flew in from Vietnam. I landed in Seattle, Washington, and I had to go. And all of the veterans, we went into the washroom, changed into a civvies and stuff like that. And we didn't want people to see us in our uniform. Because, like I say, we had to walk through picket lines and different stuff like that. And people were really angry with us. People would holler and cat calls, hey, you baby killer, and all that kind of stuff. So that was the kind of thing that we ran into when we came from back from Vietnam in the six, late 60s and 70s. So this day, many years later, is it in any way cathartic? Does it help ease the pain of having gone through that? Well, you know, it's a, it was, it's a thrill. Uh, having gone through that, at the time it was hurtful, but now to walk through the airport and like this morning, I noticed on the on the flight, people were cheering and there was policemen there and it was just, it just, you know, so warm, so good. I was in over there in 67, 68. Uh, I was six months at Play Coup on the Signal Hill and then six months in charge of the comp center down at Bambi Tuat. Ken Benny was an Army lieutenant in Vietnam. He ran a communication center in Bami Tuat and was due to come home in January of 68. But then along came the Tet Offensive. About the third or fourth day of the extension was Tet. And it got a little, a little hairy there for a while. Well, then communications, you probably realized what you were up against then, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had, uh, matter of fact, a couple of interesting things happened. They uh, captured a couple of Viet Cong brought them into my office and did a tape for them that they broadcast over the invading army to tell them that he was captured but in real good hands. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, was there any trepidation on your part that this could lead to something more dire? Uh, it got a little crazy there for a while. When you came home, Ken, what kind of a greeting did you have? Uh, not a very good one. What was your experience? Uh, well, I, I flew into St. Louis uh, to drive to Springfield to meet my, my wife and her family, and uh, they weren't going to rent me a car. Because you were a serviceman? Yeah, because I'd come back from Vietnam. Are you kidding? No. What did they say? Well, they don't rent to Vietnam veterans returning from Vietnam. What did you say? Uh, well, I did some fast talking and talked them into... The fact that I was a lieutenant, and my wife was waiting for me, and, and the guy broke down and said, well, okay, you can have the car. You think that was a company policy? Uh, technically, it was, yes. That's ridiculous. Yes. Now, you look at it today, and what do you think of it? Oh, I, yes, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, this, in a way, is an attempt to honor and thank. Oh, this and I want you to I want to hear what you have to say about that. Oh, this has been the most phenomenal thing I've ever seen. It has been fantastic. You feel like you're getting recognized and, and thanked? Absolutely. Enormously. I'm happy to hear that. It was phenomenal today. There's more to come, Ken. Super. Great. This trip is not a magic pill that erases the heartbreak of loss or the pain of war, but it is a day that can bring a rightful feeling of honor and heartfelt thanks. There is no limit on the number of times a veteran can hear the words, thank you. The 
day brings a final stop at the Udvar-Hazy Center, a branch of the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum, filled with dozens of celebrated aircraft from war and peace. The Enola Gay, which dropped the atomic bomb over Hiroshima. The super-secret Blackbird reconnaissance jet. The Gemini 7 space capsule. And the space shuttle Discovery. Yeah, it looks like a P-40. No, it's an F-4U Corsair. Rich Wise Mantle was a Navy aircraft electrician who served stateside during the Korean War. Seeing all this makes for memories and amazement. By the time a plane gets done being designed and built, they're already obsolete because yeah. they're working on new, new stuff. The vets of Honor Flight Chicago number 96 are set to fly home, but the military reality of hurry up and wait now comes into play. There are mechanical issues with our scheduled charter, as well as a backup jet, and Southwest Airlines has to scramble to bring in another plane and a crew that's not timed out. We take off, figuring that we won't get back until around midnight, making an already long day longer. But we have more time to assess what the day has offered. Rich Wisemantle. You didn't think you were deserving of this trip because you served stateside during yeah. Korea. Yeah, that's correct. I thought it was strictly for the servicemen that went overseas in a foreign country uh, to defend us against our enemy. And Now how do you see it? I see it a whole lot different. I see it that we all deserve it. We got in the service and the military put us where they needed us. And, and therefore, we should all, we should all be able to go on the trip. So realizing that you are deserving of this, how did this day feel for you? It was probably one of the most fantastic days I've had in a long time. I enjoyed the people. Everybody is so friendly, helpful anything they always got a smile on their face it, it's and you can joke around with them notwithstanding the lateness of our trip home uh, things happen right. <laughs> so, so we won't hold that against you <laughs> there is a tradition on these flights when you're far away from home uh, back those years in the past in a different zip code or across the sea, and what was your favorite two words to hear? Yes, mail call, mail call. We have mail call for each and every one of you. Every vet is delivered a packet of mail, letters from family and friends, school children, and others, all of whom, in their own way, send their thanks and their love. Mr. It's been known to bring a tear or two. Bill Zablekas has a lot of reading ahead. Any idea how many you got in there? No, but there's a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Going to do some reading tonight? Well, not tonight, but Mr. tomorrow for yeah. sure. You'll yeah. have time to read them all. Well, and then just imagine I'm going to have to hand write a note to every one of these people. Are you going to do that? Yeah, of course. Okay. So 38 pieces of mail for you. Yeah. That's pretty astounding. It is. Why me? Why not you? 
As we taxi to the gate at Midway, Chicago Fire Department water cannons spray the plane with a welcome home. Okay, you ready for this? As the vets make their way into the terminal, they are greeted with a crescendo of cheers. Hundreds of family, friends, Navy cadets fill the terminal with applause. It is a welcome home that seals a day of thanks. Veterans in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, even at the end of a very long day, find themselves filled with emotion. They stand tall, snapping off their salutes for all to see. So what do you think of this, Bill? This is amazing, isn't it? My gosh. I mean, they're all over the place. Everybody's they're really glad to see us coming in, you know? That's nice. Right. It sure is. Thanks Makes it worth it. it. It is a glorious welcome home. For some, it becomes a memory of one of the best days life has to offer. Next month, we do it again. you found this Honor Thank Inspire podcast to be moving and meaningful. We'd like to ask you to consider sharing this podcast and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The impact Honor Flight Chicago has on the lives of our veterans and their families is made possible by the generosity of our donors. To support our mission, to find our veteran application, to volunteer, or simply for more information, please visit us at honorflightchicago.org.